Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It ain't easy now How could I move forward When I keep looking backward I'm just standing still How can I fight this obsession Have I not learned my lesson Maybe I never will <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harmon, <laughs> senior <it>? editor of <laughs> SteelCurtain.com. You can also call me George Pickens. are <laughs> watching uh, live on YouTube and on Facebook. Uh, so before we go any further, the reason why we are laughing, if you're listening on audio, I had said on my Let's Ride podcast on Wednesday that if someone were to buy me one of these silver hoods that George Pickens always wears, I would wear one every single time we do a Steelers preview. <laughs> Until the start of the regular season. Well, a couple things. I didn't realize, A, someone would, and B, how long it was until the start of the regular season. (laughs) So I get this in the mail today, and I'm a man of my word, and so here I am wearing the George Pickens hood. He normally has it up over his mouth, but because I have to talk, I'm going to get it down a little bit. So for those that are joined... Go ahead, Brian. Well, you look like one of the Monty Python Python knights that say, me, me. All I need is a George Pickens jersey, and I'll be set. Definitely can be arranged. See, you gotta watch what you say, I Jeff. Know, it's gonna come back. I'm a man of my word. Okay, so that's I, I want to make something very clear. Like people, I, I've said this on Let's Ride before. Like I say, if if so and so does this, I'll sing a song on on the air. Like if it happened, I would actually do it. I said I would jump into the Potomac River in January. I would have done it, but it didn't come to fruition. I didn't think someone was going to send me one of these either. And yet here we are wearing a hood on live on YouTube. So uh, Dave, welcome to the show. How's it going? <laughs> it's going uh, Jeff. I mean, I'm sorry, but just put a little bit, something out there. If you happen to go onto the Google machine and you go, you go to Google and you type in Dave Schofield Steelers, yeah. you know, what shows up. One of the first three items is a is a video of this really big fat guy trying to kick a football with another guy standing there wearing these ridiculously <laughs> tight pants. So if trust me, if somebody says something and they say that that, that they're, they're going to hold people to it, there is no yeah. way Jefferson Bartholomew Hartman was not going to be on the preview wearing the silver. Okay, uh, was it ba- balaclava or something Sounds, like that? Yeah, is what I think it's called? That is the official name of it. So yeah. yeah, there was no way I was I could make sure that that didn't happen. So Jeff, it, it looks fantastic. Thank you. It looks comfortable, but you look like a knight. Yeah, that Bartholomew yeah. middle name definitely does come in here. Yeah. <laughs> so good luck trying to focus on anything that I say. <laughs> today and the rest of this off season but still um this kind of reminds you when lance used to wear the uh the wrestling mask the, the Lucha the, libre mask whatever they yep. would win and just like itching and moving all around i get it i get it i feel his pain for sure okay real quick right off the bat i want to get your all's a knee-jerk reaction i don't think either of us because yeah, i know brian's other show is monday days was tuesday Omar Khan is now the official GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to know what your knee-jerk reaction was. Brian, what was it? Well, you know what I'm going to say. The Steelers know what they're doing, and they kept the ultimate cap guy in-house, and they added another personnel guy. So I don't think that 
they really lost anything. I think what they did was they strengthened by going a little bit more of a committee. So I love the move. And once again, if the Steelers are, are going to sell it, I'm buying. All right, Dave, what was your knee-jerk reaction? Yeah, well, Khan is the only official move that's been announced by the Steelers. Right. But when when that broke, it actually broke during the Scobro show on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Wilbar was putting it in the in the live chat. It was kind of distracting, trying to figure out if it was legit or not. I'm like, I'll just I'll mention it, but we didn't really go into it because we were trying, I was trying to get other sources and everything. And then it all came out right after that. So I did the breaking news podcast the next day when the Steelers made it official. And one of the things that I said there was if this would have been the move a year ago, I would have been like, this is exactly what it has to be. But as we often do, when we get more information and the Steelers interview, how many was it the first round? 16, 14, 16, something crazy like that. And then six in round two. And, and then you hear more about Brandon hunt. And I really like what he has to offer. Um, I really, I'd love for the Steelers to be able to, to, to keep him, but I just think he's going to be, you know, he was, He's been there almost as long as Khan, but it's almost as long. Um, but Omar Khan, I, we Steelers fans thought for years he was the next guy that was going to be in there no matter what. And then when it actually came around, he almost seemed to be a little bit of a forgotten guy. So I'm glad that it didn't turn out that way for him, that, that uh, he's kind of been groomed for this for probably more than a decade. So some people might not like it because it's in-house, but it sounds like they're making other moves to go along, a possible assistant GM that we're waiting to get that to be official from one of the other candidates, lots of other things. Um, But Brian summed it up the best is, you know what? If, If we knew more than the Steelers, then they would be sitting here and we would be sitting there. And that's not how it works. We've got to trust the team. We've got to trust that they know what they're doing and definitely, uh, I'm happy with, with how it all played out. So I talked about this in my second half of let's ride. That's going to debut on Friday morning. So I don't want to take too much from it, but a couple tidbits that I mentioned about this first and foremost, I think this was from Albert Breer who writes for Monday morning quarterback. He said that when Bill Cowell was trying to be coaxed out of retirement, that if he, when he, if he were to take a head coaching job, he would have brought Omar Khan as his GM. Wouldn't have I heard tried that to, as well. Wouldn't have tried to get Kevin Colbert away from the Steelers. He would have gone after Omar Khan. I think that's worth noting. Second, yeah. thing, I think we're all getting hung up on the title, the yeah. title of general manager. And people, a lot of people that listen to our podcast don't even understand that there was no GM until, let's see here, Kevin Colbert was named the GM in 2010. Yeah. When he was hired in 2000, he was hired as the director of football operations. So let me ask you, all those people that are out there that are saying, like, wait a second, uh, what's going on? Like, what would you be upset if you found out that Omar Khan was hired as the director of football operations and not the GM? Because it's the same freaking thing. It's just a different title. And I can't get out of my head that Omar Khan, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, Dave, you might be a little bit more knowledgeable because of your understanding of the contracts and salary cap. I thought Omar Khan's 2022 offseason was outstanding. I mean, outstanding when it came to the contracts he gave. I think about the the anger that everyone had about the Chuksakor for deal. Three years, all that money, and then what happens? You feed, you read the fine print, and what is it? It's like a one-year prove-it contract. Essentially. Yeah. They could cut him after this year, and they're not out of, out of the woods that much. I just think, like Brian said, you trust the team. I think that they're not dumb enough to try to get this guy. And Greg Benevin said it best on what Yin's talking about. He said, some fans think that Omar Khan is just a guy that sits in a room in a cubicle with a calculator. Like that's it. That's not all he does. And I'm not going to pretend I know all that he does, but still I thought this was a good move. I have, I would have thought it was a good move. Probably whoever they chose. Cause I thought they took their time. I thought they did their due diligence and if Omar Khan's their guy, and let's be honest, too, he's also had GM interviews for other teams, too. It's not like he's just sought after in Pittsburgh. Brian, anything you want to add? 
No, I'm I'm thrilled. I'm, I even as the podcast producer, I'm thrilled that you said the phrase. Greg Benevitz said it best. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not making fun of him. That's good. That's the range we have here at BTSC. Yeah. Now I'm 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 really excited. Um, and you know we had guesses last week who was going to be the guy coming in, and I don't think we said Omar Khan. Because it looked like it was going to go elsewhere. But when you look at the whole thing, they knew what they had in the guy. They knew they didn't want to part with him. But when they're going ahead and bringing in another guy, possibly, because it's not officially official, but it looks like Andy Weidel is that guy. And that was my pick last week. I don't know why I had that gut pick for him to be the general manager. Of course, I'm not right because he is not the general manager but it's nice to see that if he is considered that they kind of have a batman or robin thing going dave any final thoughts on the gm thing yeah there was a, a question out there vodka drinker said is the position that Khan is being promoted from an easy fill i i think he's still going to do what he does yeah i agree I think he's going to keep doing what he does. And that's why you also have an assistant GM because it doesn't, there's just so many different roles and responsibilities within the front office. Um, if, if, if Kevin Colbert's like, Hey, I'm going to pass off contract stuff to Omar Khan and that's his strength. Then maybe he still keeps doing that. And some of the other things that Kevin Colbert did, that's what your assistant GM does. All that, all that's really going to do is kind of your hierarchy in the room, but smart front office people, they should do it just like what the Steelers do with their players on the field, what they're always trying to do. And that is put them in a position where it plays to their strengths at all, at all times. So you bring in people that are stronger at other things that you might not be as strong at, or if you're really strong at something, you make sure you're the one doing it. And I think that's great. Um, with, with Omar Khan, I think the, the reason he kind of was the forgotten man for a while is because it was so much presumed he was going to be that guy. And then when you hear all these other names, you're like, well, maybe they're not sold on. They were sold on. And also, when you hear that he had interviews at other places, that doesn't mean that, well, other people didn't want him. They only interviewed him. For all we know, he could have been offered jobs, but he said no because he was wanting to stay in Pittsburgh and have that opportunity to be the next guy. If that's the case, regardless, congratulations. I'm happy that he's, he's put in the time he's put in the work and it's paying off for him. Now we just want to make sure it all works well that the Steelers succeed on the field. And again, uh, like Reginald rivers in the live chat said, did they also hire Cody white's father? Uh, that is a rumor. And so is the Andy Weedle thing or Weidel, however you pronounce his last name. I'm not sure, but still who that, that has not been made official yet. So I don't want to, I want to make that very clear. Very, very clear. What's wrong. (laughs) Every time I look at you, I just get up I think, I think what I need to do is I need to... he, he called, he called you out for that. Who did Jeff, Jeff said, all he needs is the George Pickens Jersey. You're, uh, you're no, the Jersey no, no. guy. I'm, <laughs> uh, what I'm going to do here is once I paint down here in this, in this room where I am, I'm going to put a hang, I'm going to put a, uh, a bunch of shelving behind me. Mm-hmm. I think I need to find a mannequin head. So once the regular season starts, I can keep this display. <laughs> there you go. That's what I need to do. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about receivers. That's the topic of discussion for today's podcast is will the new pass catchers give the offense the fireworks they need? You all may disagree with this, but in my opinion, the one thing that is lacked the most from the Steelers offense, it's, and you can talk about air yards and yards per carry and uh, overall passing numbers and all this stuff. And you can talk about the offensive line. They just never had a big play threat. They never had that, big play capability. It happened from time to time. Uh, the, the bomb to Deontay Johnson against the Colts in 2020 comes to mind, which clinched the AFC North in a playoff spot. Dave was at my house at the time watching the game with my dad and I, but still, do you all think that let's ask, well, let me ask the first question, which is one I just answered that I think that's what they lacked. Brian, do you agree or do you disagree with that sentiment? Oh, I agree completely. I don't think it's been there. You haven't had that quick strike possibility it it just didn't seem and i don't know whether it was the fact that it was the wide receivers or it was the waning years of ben roethlisberger yeah all right dave what do you think yeah brian hit exactly what i was going to bring up you don't know was it the receivers was it was it the scheme was it the quarterback you have all those different things there's so many different possibilities 
that why not try to fix them all, you know, because uh, they have a much better understanding of what it really was, but there should really not be an excuse to not have the dynamic playmakers with it. Yes. You lost Juju Smith-Schuster last. Yes. You lost James Washington. Yes. You lost Ray Ray McLeod. Their names, their names that were guys that got catches last year and they're not there, but now you have George Pickens and now you have um, Calvin Austin, the third. So, I, I just think they're different types of weapons. And as long as the Steelers can use them, you got to also remember there's another factor involved here. And that is they have a new wide receivers coach as well. So there's a lot of moving pieces in this equation. I mean, you talk about the offensive line providing time. You talk about the quarterback. Clearly we're going to talk about the quarterback, but still let's just talk about the receivers with the additions of my boy, George Pickens, Calvin Austin, the third, you want to throw in Connor Hayward. We talked about him last week, but still, I guess you could as, as a receiver. Mm -hmm. You can talk about Pat Fryermuth, the returning receivers, and Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. With the arsenal of weapons through the air, the aerial weapons, if you want to put it that way, Brian, do you think they, at least in that part of the equation, have enough? Absolutely, I think they have enough. I think that this is... I, I really think that they up the ante here and they raise the bar because there's guys that you didn't talk about. I'm still excited about Anthony Miller. I'm excited about Miles Boykin. And I don't think one of those guys even makes the team possibly, you know, because there's, there are a lot of players here and you do have, we mentioned Cody White's father, but Cody White, he was coming on at the end. What if he has a camp that, that they're like, Hey, he's worth keeping around. And he ends up in there. When you look at the end of last season and you realize how many balls were going to Ray Ray McLeod, and that was not originally that actually that was not ideal. The team did not want him to be that much of a factor that late in the season. And it's not that he was a factor. He was just the guy getting the balls because there was no long game. It was all short game. And that wasn't working for this team. So they really made a difference with what they did. Yeah, sure. They lost some big names. Juju Smith-Schuster is a huge name. They lost that name, but with the scheme, with everything that's happening, they found the fact that they had a deficiency and they greatly improved it. Dave, what do you think? Well, Jeff, do you realize that you listed all those names and they sound great? And you didn't even say the player that had the second most receptions last year in one Najee Harris. Harris. So, yeah. I mean, think about that. That's even somebody else there. I mean, great up and coming tight end, great up and coming running back. I, I, I don't even want to say up and coming. He was a pro bowler last year, you know? So you've got two, your, your two leading target receivers last from last year returning meaning that had the most targets then you add two receivers in your first four picks that there should be weapons there the biggest concern is will the offensive line do enough in order to utilize all these weapons and can the quarterback do enough to utilize these weapons so okay. it's all got to come together it's all connected mm -hmm. but i think the steelers have done enough to have options in the offense um and and uh, I mean, we have even mentioned the infamous Matt Canada in order to do the kind of things he would like to do that we assume he would want to do. Okay. So let's break this down. Let's go to the next facet. And that is not really the topic of discussion in this uh, podcast, but the offensive line, have they mm -hmm. done enough in the offensive line to utilize these weapons, Brian? Well, I'm going to go ahead and plug tomorrow's show, Jeff. <laughs> and it is, here we go. The Steelers show. Kevin Smith talks a whole lot about the glue of the Steelers offensive line and what they did and where he is more excited it with the interior offensive line. He really feels that the Steelers have made great strides with the interior. He thinks they're very, very strong there. He is less excited about the guys on the outside, but he said, if he had to pick between the tackles or go ahead and pick, between the interior guys, he would want the Steelers to be more improved in the interior of the offensive line to get that running game going because that running game helps set up the pass as well. So I'm kind of feeling that if you look at it, I think right now what they have with interior offensive line is going to be 
a lot better than anybody thinks. In fact, I think they are going to be, you know, top 35% in the league as far as an interior offensive line. I think they're going to be that good. I know that's that's probably way optimistic. And then you throw in the fact that, yeah, it's not sexy, but did this guy hold his own at left guard as a rookie in Dan Moore Jr.? Yeah, I think he did. He held his own against Miles Garrett. He definitely did. I mean, there's a lot of people that saw some deficiencies in his game, but he did a lot. And shoots the core four. If he is the, if he is the guy that has started for a few years on that team, and he's the guy that is your worst on the line with the experience that he has, you still have a pretty good offensive line. You're not going to have superstars at all five positions on that line, but I think if they work together and they have the glue to pull them together, they're going to be very good. Right now, you have it seems like six decent guys for five starting positions on that offensive line. And I'm talking because of Dotson and green now facing off for that guard position. So I think they've done enough. Dave, you're an offensive line guy. What do you think about this situation? Yeah. I bottom line is what we've seen the last couple of years. I'm not really asking for the Steelers offensive line to be good. I'm just asking for them to not be bad, <laughs> you know, baby stepping it, you know, we're, we're baby stepping it here. We're doing the work. It's, sorry. Um, I can't help but quote movies. It's what I do. So, well, just one thing, Brian, he said left guard. I know you meant left tackle uh, with, with, with Dan Moore, just, just, okay. uh, just to make sure we clear. I, I knew exactly what you meant. Dan Moore Jr. is really the one that you have to think about because people are, are like, oh, I wish they would. You know, what if they bring in another tackle and people are talking about another tackle out there that maybe they could bring in? Well, they just paid Chooks a lot. And the question is, do you think Dan Moore is the guy or do you think that Dan Moore might eventually be the guy? If you think he can be the guy and he's going to take that step this year, I th I think he's where, where most of this lies because – the Steelers, by having, you know, they're, they're talking about left guard between Dotson and Green. Green's still not out of it for center or anything but with that either. It's four players, three spots, and they're going to take the best ones they got. And I think James Daniels is already, you know, the rumors are he's he's the leader in there already. So I think he's not he's holding that down at right guard. I, I'd like to pencil that one in already. But it's nice to know when you have that competition that you're going to, to, to then have the players, you know, you're going to get three decent guys there. But the, it, I think Dan Moore Jr. is the player that if he makes that big step, even if you bring in someone else, they might not end up on the field because Dan Moore Jr. is doing so well. If Dan Moore Jr. doesn't make that step, then you're going to be trying to scheme around a, a left tackle that might be struggling all season. He's the wild card. I'm hopeful, but we have to acknowledge that there's still the possibility that uh, that, that he's still um, experiencing some growing pains as a, as a fourth-round pick. All right, so the last part of this is the quarterback. Now, I'm not going to ask you all to predict who the quarterback's going to be. I want you to look at the big three, and that's Rudolph, Trubisky, and Pickett. And if any of those three are the main guy for the vast majority of the season, do you think they have what it takes to take advantage of, let's assume, some better blocking and the weapons to deliver the ball downfield? Brian, what do you think? Younger legs, very capable passers. Yeah, they do. All right. You big enough arms? I think the uh, the top two guys, and I'm I'm excluding Mason Rudolph in that. Uh, Mason Rudolph has a decent arm. I mean, I, I'm not saying he doesn't. I am just not counting on him because, I mean, sure, he's saying the right things. You have, uh, I mean, he's actually, if you listen to what Ian's talking about, he's winning the offseason with his quotes and everything, and he's relaxed. But the thing about it, you don't bring in these two guys in a – first round draft pick and the top free agent option at quarterback to start Mason Rudolph. You just don't. So I'm looking at these two guys. I know it's a three man race. I, I don't think it's a three man race. I know it's being billed as one. Uh, I really think those top two guys, either Pickett or Trubisky, they are, they're the guys that I think they could handle this job. And right now I think it actually needs to be Trubisky to start.
All right. Dave, quarterback time. Do you think that the three that are going to be vying for that starting job have what it takes to take advantage of, again, the blocking and the weapons? You only need one. You only that, need one. Do they have that one, though, is I guess my well, question. That's, that's, that's why you have three. That's why you have three because you need one to be the one. Um, and which is that one for you? Well, then? no. Well, I, I will be honest with you. I don't care who was here last year. I don't care who was the biggest free agent quarterback. I don't care who was the first round pick. Play whichever one is playing the best football. End of story. And I frankly don't care which one of those three it is. I just want the Steelers to put the best one out there. I'm, I'm, I, I love all of them. I do. They're quarterbacks for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What's not to love? If Mason Rudolph ends up playing that great, that he's the guy, that's better for the Steelers. If Mitch Trubisky is is no doubt the guy that that um, that wow, now we see why he was a second overall pick. That's great for the Steelers. If Kenny Pickett comes in and he's so good as a rookie that they can't not play him, that's good for the Steelers. That's what I want. I don't care which one it is we'll get opinions on that as they take the field i just want make sure at least one of them is playing great and play that guy quick sidebar we're going to get back to the receivers in a second and let's just say kenny pickett does not win the job this year and let's say it's either the other two and they play the whole season the only time kenny pickett sees the field is mop-up duty in 2023 in your opinion, is it Kenny Pickett's job and no one else's, Brian? That it depends what kind of uh do you get a Pro Bowl season? Do you get a Super Bowl season out of Mitch Trubisky? Let's say or it's a it's a it's a winning record, no playoffs, but they were in it until the end. No then Pro yeah, Bowl. lost it on a tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Could be. Yeah. Then that's, that's not the scenario. What a tie on Sunday night in week 18. <laughs> Please, yeah, not sick. All right, but Brian, go ahead. What'd you say? Then it's got to be Kenny Pickett's job next year. If because that's not good enough. I mean, really, if you if you're not making the playoffs, then you go to that next plan. Dave, do you agree with his assessment? We have not seen Kenny Pickett take one NFL snap in oh pass. Gosh, I know no, that, Dave. I'm just exactly. asking a hypothetical but, question. Uh, and, and, and that's the thing. Until we actually see uh, – ask me this after we see at least one preseason game to then know if he could – if it's his job in 2023. If Kenny Pickett comes out there and they're, and they're like, oh, my goodness, we shouldn't have made this pick. For all we know, the Steelers take another first-round pick on a quarterback next year. There is way too much to assess before we could even start to say that. My hope is, is that, yes, that there's no doubt that he's the guy in 2023. But there's just so many things that can happen. Can't you just play in fantasy land? You were probably that kid. <laughs> like, you were probably, as a kid, you were probably that kid that everyone's like, let's do this. No, there's no chance well, that's of that right. ever well, possibly we're, happening. We, we're, we're out of the move Devin Bush to safety. We are not. No, 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 no. Do and, not you know. know. Stop it right <laughs> there. I am not saying move him to safety. This is not that type of talk. This is, yeah. I gave you a scenario. If you were the coach, what would your decision be? And Give me a scenario want, of how he did in the preseason. Give me a, he, say he, that he comes in and looks like he's right there with Trubisky I'll tell you in the how preseason. He played. Then he yes, didn't, he didn't win the job. That's how okay. he played Dave. But at the same time, you could see that him and Trubisky were neck and neck in the preseason and they went with the veteran for a year. If you see that and then they, then that's when you're thinking, well, then it's going to be Pickett next year because you know, if, if the rookie's already right there, you know, if he's going to have a problem where, you know, maybe he comes in and is another one of those quarterbacks, <clears throat> I think you'll know what I'm talking about, that moves the ball in the preseason but can't ever find the end zone in all the preseason games, you're still going to then be questioning that. So I'm, I don't want to put crazy expectations on Kenny Pickett until I, you know, let the guy take some sat. If we're not going to play him in 2022, then we're already putting the expectations on him beyond that. I want to just get him out there and get him playing. So Brian, you're with me here. I can see it now. There, <laughs> you're, you. you're, you're in a sandbox and you're playing with Dave at like age five and you're like, Dave, let's be GI Joe's. Let's be GI Joes. And Dave goes, well, you know, I can't do that because I'm only five. 
And you can't register to be in the military <laughs> until you're 18 years old. And so why are we even wasting our time playing G.I. Joe's when we can't be soldiers? We can't be in the Marine Corps. We can't be in the Army. We can't be in the Navy. Well, let alone well, the Coast well, Guard. Well, let's I can't let's swim. talk about who's going to be the one. offensive coordinator That's in Dave 2023. Right there. That's Dave right and let's now. talk. And let's let's. <laughs> is it, are we still going to have Coach Tomlin in 2023? Is I thought Kennedy I was asked the question. Job? You know, but I'm just saying you're just you're you're asking. We don't haven't even had a, a training camp for 2022, and we're supposed to know what's going to happen in 2023. Come on. <laughs> you know, they, 2023 Ben Roethlisberger's coming out of retirement to come back to win I'm one all more for it. Let's do it. There let's, you roll. Go. let's roll. We can't let's roll with that one. We can't be GI Joes. Oh, wait. Let's get back to the sandbox. <laughs> if we're in that sandbox, close to the same analogy. That's <laughs> like, that's nowhere close. See, the problem the guy... is Jeff can't hear through the hood, <laughs> I think is the problem. Oh, <laughs> it's squeezing man. his head too much. Hold on, let me, let me, block, let, let me, I didn't block a Cleveland fan. All right, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, go ahead, Brian. By the way, I think that's the name of that Cleveland fan. That's every Cleveland fan. <laughs> yes, yes, every Cleveland fan. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, Jeff's the guy. Jeff's the the five year old in the sandbox that yeah. wants to push the buttons of the, <laughs> the day. But I, all I'm going to say is I love Dave to death, but I'm not going to a movie with him because if I go to if we go back in time to July second, nineteen ninety six, to see the opening night of Independence Day, the people I were with they were leaving. I'm like that movie was fun. That was great. Well, there's no way the president is ever going to. You know, get into a war plane. And so that's what I'm thinking of, Dave. When I think when about this Pittsburgh Steelers playing football in the field to a movie, though. Seriously, I didn't. I, didn't. I said about <laughs> playing GI Joe. Why are they playing GI Joe? Why not? It's Seriously, play. You don't have an imagination then. Anyways, <laughs> no. We got off on a tangent, but I would say I would. You would hope that 2023 Kenny Pickett would be the guy. But I mean, if, if, if Mitch Trubisky goes out and makes the pro ball and takes the Steelers way deep in the playoffs, you've really got to think about if you really want to make that change too. So there it is. Yeah. There it is. If you would have just said that the first time, but that's one of those 18 million <laughs> factors, you know, <laughs> but, you so know, you want me to come up with more hypotheticals to your hypothetical. No, is that what you want? Good. You answered the question. Thank you. Actually, let, Thank let me you. jump Thank in. You. Because right. here's the main thing about it. If Mitch Trubisky does what Dave says and comes in, and what if he leads into a Super Bowl? If he does that, that's not an indictment on what Kenny Pickett can do. No. But you've I, I get what he's saying about you've got to see how it plays out. But for the fantasy land of this exercise, you know, if he doesn't make the playoffs, all bets are off, and you're immediately going to look at the guy that you tabbed as the future with the number one pick in 2022. I saw someone else mentioned mentioned the thing about oh, the Steelers might go and and uh get a quarterback next year again in the draft. No, that's not what it's about. It's about to see what these guys that you brought in can do. And Dave's right. Dave's right when he says, whoever does the best job, that's great. But Jeff's right when you say, hey, if these guys don't do the job, who do you look at next year? And that's what Absolutely. you do. The if was the big part of it, Dave. Yeah. Okay. The the if. And with that specific if, you're exactly right. If that's the if, if the Steelers don't have a winning record or have a winning record and, and miss out on the, on the postseason, you've really – You've really got to consider that unless there were red flags that, oh, maybe, you know, that where Kenny Pickett didn't come through. I don't, I'm not looking for that to happen. I'm, I'm hoping that he's so close to the job this year that the Steelers aren't having a quarterback by default. They're having a, they're having, they're having guys that could start for other teams right now this year, having to be on the bench because there's someone better than them on the team. That's what we want to see. And I would love to see that every year for the Steelers. Okay, back to the receivers. <laughs> when you look at all the receiving weapons the Steelers have, that includes tight ends, that includes running backs, and obviously that includes wide receivers. Who do you think leads this team in receptions 
in 2022. Brian, who do you have? It is going to be, I'm going to say in absolutes, and I know I'm not supposed to, but I'm going to say if he's the guy we think he is, and I really think he is, it is going to be Deontay Johnson, DJ 18. He's going to be the guy that's going to be the number one option, and he's going to probably be the guy that leads the way. All right. So he says, DJ, Deontay Johnson, Dave, who do you have? Oh, this is great because I love when Brian goes first because then I can think of my great Dave answer. Okay. Because you're, you're, you're getting them. That's what, that's what tonight's all about. You're going to get Dave answers. You ready? It's going to be Deontay Johnson if Mitch Trubisky is your starting quarterback. And if it's Kenny Pickett, I'm going George Pickens. Hmm. I like Interesting. that. I'm going to go with, I said reception. Assuming wide receivers, right? Wide receivers. Like, no, it's anyone. I oh, it could have been for Oh, I don't know. I said that... tight ends. I even said running backs. I actually prefaced this. Didn't mm. I not? Did I not say I that? I don't know. I was, Seattle has two losses. Your, your, your head is too distracting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with DJ. I think Deontay Johnson yeah. is still the go-to guy. Now, next question is, who leads the team in touchdown receptions? in 2022 brian who do you have there again could be anybody you know that's really interesting that i mean that's even hard to that's hard to pick i still think uh i actually think it could be either claypool or fryermuth with a long shot um with an outside shot at george pickens i i remember the year that a rookie named martavis bryan came in and caught what did he catch eight dave or was it six or was eight he caught a six, lot as but a it rookie. was only in like eight games i think yeah i mean it wasn't mm-hmm. a lot but he he caught fire because he didn't start until not start he didn't even play until week six so you know i i really think that rookies have the potential to uh to catch a lot of balls catch a lot of touchdowns we saw seven out of pat fryermuth last year if, if Pat Fryermuth is the tight end that they think that he can be, that they think he could be a Travis Kelsey, they think he could be a George Kittle, then he could possibly catch double digits and break the record. You know, because he is really that, he has the possibility of being that good. But right now I'm going to say Claypool. Dave, what do you think? Okay, well, first things first. Martavis Bryant had eight receiving touchdowns in 10 games his rookie season. Um, and now is there anyone left that Brian didn't talk about? No, sorry. <laughs> Brian did seven answer. He gave a bunch of also rings. Me, I'm going to go definitive. Let's all join in with me. One, you ready? Count it out. Three, two, one. Move. That's what I was going to say too. I'm yep. going with it. I, I am. I just, for some reason, it just feels right for this year. Yeah, I think Fryermuth is going to be a red zone weapon more so than he was last year. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Pat Fryermuth. Last question with the receivers. Who leads? Actually, I got a couple more in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Who leads in receiving yardage? We did receptions. We did touchdowns. Receiving touchdowns. Who leads in yardage, Brian? Again, I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson. I, I think most of the time when you look at the guy that leads in receptions he should lead in yards that doesn't always happen because we saw we saw juju smith schuster have 97 two years ago and he just didn't have the yards to go with it but they were playing a shorter game i think deontay has that uh he has that potential to be a a a long ball threat as well like he was with ben roethlisberger when he was the only one so I'm going to go ahead and stick with him as being the leader as far as receptions and in yardage. All right, Dave, what do you think? Brian's got a great answer. I'll go with someone different just to do it. And I'll say Chase Claypool. If I'm doing something different, I'll say, yeah, no, it's, I was going to go Claypool. That's just what I was <laughs> yeah. <saying. laughs> yeah, to me, it's going to be one of the, I, if Pickens comes in and gets his, you know, gets his name in there. I, I don't know that Austin will right away, but if Pickens gets in, in the conversation for that, that's should be a good thing. You're right. Now let, let me ask you one more question about receivers, but these are just the two rookies. Is there any category that's a receiving category, not a rushing category hmm. that you could see Calvin Austin, the third being greater than George Pickens in 2022. Brian, what do you think? 
I said receiving because he could do a jet sweep. I guess yeah. that could count as its pass, or he could do an end around. That's mm-hmm. a rush. So he might have more total yardage technically if he has a big run, but I'm just thinking of receiving. Okay. I it's hard for me to say he will because I think Pickens is going to have such a great rookie year. And remember, there's balls going around to that many guys. You're going to see a guy with not a lot of yards and receptions, but still be pretty good. And I'm thinking of what I'm really thinking of is Antonio Brown in 2010 as a rookie. You had Emmanuel Sanders there and you had the other receivers. Antoine Randall L was back and you had Mike Wallace and Heinz Ward. So it's really hard for everybody to come to the game. But if I'm going to go ahead and say anything, I might say yards per catch. Okay. Or yards after catch, actually. That's been a big pop. Yeah, one that, yeah, that popped right up there. That's what I was going to say. Sure. So I'll come. I'll come. I got something different. Go ahead. But yeah, no, yak, yak. That's the easy one, I think, because I think he can. If he can get the ball, and and even if he's getting the ball behind the line of scrimmage, and then just getting you know as much yardage as he can because of that speed and shiftiness. Um, I'm going to go a little bit outside the box. I'm going to say that he does better in catch percentage. Ah. Receptions per target. It's a good stat. It's a good stat line. I was just gonna say, uh, yards after catch because of his elusiveness and his speed is is what came to mind. I think the Steelers have two really good ones though. In Calvin Austin the third, there is still a part of me, and I think this is natural, that hesitates um, with Calvin Austin the third. I just I want them to be able to utilize him the right way. He did not play the slot in college. Everyone says, oh, he's a perfect slot guy. Well, yeah, if you've never done it, it's not necessarily easy. So we'll see. We will see. But the Steelers offense, as we've talked about throughout the entire podcast, it should be more dynamic. And it looks like they're putting some of the pieces of the puzzle together, as Brian would say. All right. Do we have a trivia for both of you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do. Okay. So, Brian, we'll let you go first. All right. So something that you gentlemen alluded to before, not only has not always has the general manager title been, you know, associated with the guy calling the shots. And, you know, Jeff mentioned Kevin Colbert not being the official general manager until 2010, but he was still filling that role uh, when he came in in 2000. So I'm going to talk about the gentleman calling the shots as far as acting as a general manager or the VP of player personnel or what have you, how many in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we're going back to the 1930s here, and how many gentlemen have had that role since 1933? I, I, I had to look this up for something else. I already know it. I, don't know. I, I know about what it is. I know within within. So I was gonna let Jeff answer first. Thirteen. I don't know, Dave. Probably way more. But because I had to go through and list it out of these for something else, I know it's less than ten, and I'm thinking it's. I think it's eight. If not, if it's not eight, it's either seven or nine. It is officially eight. We start okay. off with Art Rooney Senior, who did the job from 36 to 42 is what I'm seeing as far as a pro football reference goes. Mm-hmm. John Holohan from 45 to 50 Francis Fogarty from 1951 to 1968. And if that's the guy, then that's the guy who traded away every single like number one draft pick and including the one that would have gotten you Dick Butkus. So Francis Fogarty, you suck. Uh, Dan Rooney, <laughs> was officially the general manager from 1969 to 1970. Then Art Jr. came in from 71 to 86. Dick Haley. Wait, no, wait a second. Art Art Jr., didn't he get fired by Dan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He fired his brother in 1986. Yeah, because since Art Jr., I knew there's only been three because those are the the easy ones to name. And then you've got Dick Haley, Haley. 87 to 90. Tom Donahoe, 91 to 99. And then Colbert. 2021 i'm wrong so i said eight i didn't count con so technically it's nine okay well i was well it's press conferences until tomorrow so yeah i I mean yeah that's that's being ticky tack (laughs) if we say you're wrong but no i i had looked that up about about a month ago because i was looking at the history of that so 
once again, that's why I let Jeff answer because I feel like that's cheating if that's something I'd specifically researched. So, but that's yeah. pretty impressive. <laughs> that's very impressive. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talk no. about the history of head coaches, yeah. only three since 1969. Yeah. You've got eight and now the ninth general manager since 1933. How long did, and, uh, how long was Donahoe there? Um, nine years, there. 91 to 99. Okay, oh, so he was there a lot because, because here's what's crazy. Here's the crazy trivia thing. If you would have listed us all the names, who was the shortest one? That's what I was gonna the name Damn. or the tenure. The tenure. Damn. I, that's what I wanted to ask. Dan. Was Dan. Was it Dan many? Rooney? He was Dan the shortest Rooney? tenure one as year? the general manager mm. of what of him doing that role. That's interesting. That's good. So yeah. All right. David, your turn. Yes. Okay. So here's what here's what I got. We were talking wide receivers. So I decided to go back and look at all the wide receivers drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers since the merger. I just went to the merger because Jeff doesn't know. He doesn't even know 70 stuff. So I shouldn't even ask him stuff about the 50s. But since the merger, the Steelers' two draft picks this year were picked were, were wide receiver officially listed as wide receiver by pro football reference, I'd say, because Dre Archer's in there too. Um, they were picking, they were number 78 and 79. When they picked George Pickens from Georgia, and I know, you know, Je Jeff's doing his best impersonation as he can. They actually broke a tie for, from which college they had drafted the most players from since the merger that Georgia, they had now drafted four wide receivers from Georgia. Other than George Pickens, who were the other three? That's part one of the question. Fred Gibson. That is Heinz, correct. Heinz Ward. Oh, yep. Are you counting Heinz? Because he was a quarterback. No, they, they. but he was drafted as a wide okay. receiver. All right. So there's two. Andre. You got the, yeah, you got the hard one with Fred Gibson. I yeah, just and, remember him for yep. some. What did you say, Brian? Andre Hastings. Andre okay. Hastings was the other one. Now, what college did they break the tie with that house that had that has three wide receivers drafted from it since the 70s? Bunch of them with two, but there's one of them that has three. Hmm. It's not Michigan Ohio State. Ohio State. Was two Michigan yeah, State. Graham Michigan State was one. One? I thought they had two. Nope, just Plaxico Burris. Where did Charles Johnson go to school? Colorado. That was, that was Colorado. Colorado. There was Colorado. only two from Colorado. Okay. I haven't looked at the live chat. See if anyone else get it there. So. Hmm. Wow. USC. USC. It is USC. And the three players from USC Lynn, were Lynn Swan, Juju Smith-Schuster. If you can get the other one, you're doing pretty good. They were a fourth-round pick. I think oh, I've done oh, wait, well I got him. right now. Calvin Sweeney. Calvin Sweeney. There My you go. Man, Cal number 85, Calvin Sweeney. Yep. Love that guy. Very good go job tonight, gentlemen. That is my trivia. I'm impressed with myself. Yes. <laughs> I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. I'm impressed that you got Fred Gibson. It's the hood. It's, it's the, hood. the hood. It's like uh, the Pickens power. Pickens power. <laughs> the Pickens power. Uh, I've got a lot to say about Pickens power. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final thoughts, Brian. Go ahead. All right. My final thoughts are actually, and I planned this since the beginning. Pickens power. So I'm really excited about. Not only the fact that George Pickens is going to be playing for this team, and I'm expecting a lot of great things out of him, but I got to address Jeff's headgear and the uh, the bravado <laughs> that by wearing this, and I I almost broke out laughing in the middle of something serious because I'm looking at him and he does look like the knights at say me. I, I love you, Jeff, but when you when you smile on that thing, you you look yeah. even more ridiculous. So I'm gonna have to go ahead and i do have I, I have very little power but as the podcast producer i can absolve you from the bravado that you that you used and i'm just saying that you do not have to wear this every show i'm just saying you don't have to wear it and because we all you you came out and you did it but you don't have to you know, do it the rest of the time 
until the season starts. <laughs> but I have a feeling now that it's just Jeff and man, I get, I just, he's stubborn. He's going to wear this thing now. In fact, I think he's wearing it to bed tonight. You, uh, you're, you're talking to a very hard headed individual and <laughs> a man of my word. I said, I will do it. I will do it because if I, I pride myself on being a man of my word, especially with let's ride my podcast, which is very near and dear to me. And if I told my listeners, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So Dave, final thoughts. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad Jeff did because I was ready. I had a whole speech prepared. You didn't about think how, I was gonna do it? About about how, yes, I was ready to I was going to go in and, and quote from the Princess Bride of the mm. opening line by by Carol Kane's character. Um, not the one that says, I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. Uh, actually have that as a refrigerator magnet on my refrigerator. My parents had the nerve to give that to my wife. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we love that movie. It's up there. And the first line is where she comes in screaming, liar, liar, liar. I was ready. I knew that was a. I knew that was delivered at 134 at your house today. I was ready to make sure that Jefferson Hartman was a man that he was. He's not going to lie to that Ryder die crew. He's not going to do it. Jeff is a great sport, but as soon as you said that, oh, let's ride. I was like, oh, bad move, Hartman. Bad move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, so like Jerry Cherry Band, he he must not have caught up with the Wednesday podcast on Let's Ride. And someone said that, well, they know they photoshopped my face over George Pickens uh, and put mm -hmm. it on Twitter. And I laughed hysterically and said, if someone got me that, I would wear it every single Steelers preview up until the regular season started. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I didn't think there was that much time between the two, but there's a lot of time between the two. I so just can't they, do my job properly looking at <laughs> it. I don't know we can hold it, it together. Is it better if I do that and... I don't know. It might be, yes. Because... <laughs> yeah. My 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 son has a red one of those, so that's oh, yeah. They're, they're they they're versatile. Well, nice. I you know what I know what will make him take it off, and I'll just say this, Jeff. That's a really Brian Anthony Davis move. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good show, gentlemen. Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. All right, we'll see you next week for another Steelers preview. Take it easy. When I know that it can never really be the same How could I move forward When I keep looking backward I'm just standing still I